to Joe Reed's Wikipedia. Today we have an exciting entry deep in the halls of Wikipedia. Post-truth politics. Post-truth politics. Join me on the journey of reading it. Our fake sponsor today is Build a Box. When you need a bo- when you need a box, they deliver your boxes. Our fake sponsor today is Build a Box. If you need a box, they'll deliver you pieces of a box. They'll send you six pieces of wood that you can make to build a box. It's a monthly subscription model. Each month there'll be different types of shapes of wood, types of wood, and you figure out how to put it together. But it's just a, like a box shape. So next time you need a box, call Build-A-Box. Okay, post-truth politics. Post-truth politics is a political culture in which debate is framed largely by appeals to emotion disconnected from the details of policy and by the repeated assertion of talking points to which factual rebuttals are ignored. Post-truth differs from traditional contesting and falsifying of facts by relegating facts and expert opinions to be of secondary importance relative to appeal to emotion. While this has been described as a contemporary problem, some observers have described it as a long-standing part of political life that was less notable before the advent of the internet and related social changes. As of 2018, political commentators have identified post-truth politics as ascendant in many nations, notably Australia, Brazil, India, Russia, the United Kingdom, and the United States, among others. As with other areas of debate, this is being driven by a combination of 24-hour news cycle, false balance in news reporting, and the increasing ubiquity of social media and fake news websites. In 2016, post-truth was chosen as the Oxford Dictionary's word of the year due to its prevalence in the context of that year's Brexit referendum and media coverage of the U.S. presidential election. History. According to Oxford Dictionaries, the Serbian-American playwright Steve Tesic first used the term post-truth in a 1992 essay in The Nation. Tesic writes that following the shameful truth of Watergate, more assuaging coverage of the Iran-Contra scandal, and Persian Gulf War demonstrates that we, as a free people, have freely decided that we want to live in some post-truth world. Concept. Jennifer Jane, professor of government at Harvard University, has described the rise of post-truth as a return to 18th and 19th century political and media practices in the United States, following a period in the 20th century where the media was relatively balanced and rhetoric was toned down. New scientists characterized the pamphlet wars that arose with the growth of printing and literacy, beginning in the 1600s, as an early form of post-truth politics. Slanderous and vitriolic pamphlets were cheaply printed and widely disseminated, and the dissent that they fomented contributed to starting wars and revolutions, such as the English Civil War and, much later, the American Revolution. Description A defining trait of post-truth politics is that the campaigners continue to repeat their talking points, even when media outlets, experts in the field in question, and others provide proof that contradicts these talking points. 
For example, during campaigning for the British EU referendum campaign, Vote Leave made repeated use of the claim that EU membership cost $350 million a week, although later began to use the figures as a net amount of money sent directly to the EU. This figure, which ignored the UK rebate and other factors, was described as potentially misleading by the UK Statistics Authority and not sensible, and was rejected in fact checks by BBC News. Michael Deakin, a parliamentary sketchwriter for the Daily Telegraph, summarized the core message of post-truth politics as, quote, facts are negative, facts are pessimistic, facts are unpatriotic, end quote. He added that post-truth politics can also include a claimed rejection of partisanship and negative campaigning. In this context, campaigners can push a utopian, positive campaign to which rebuttals can be dismissed as smears and scaremongering, and opposition as partisan. In its most extreme mode, post-truth politics can make use of conspiracism. In this form of, form of post-truth politics, false rumors, such as the birther or Muslim conspiracy theories about Barack Obama, became major news topics. In the case of the Pizzagate conspiracy, this resulted in a man entering the Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria and firing an AR-15 rifle. Drivers in 2015, media and politics scholar Jason Harson coined the term regime of post-truth, which encompasses many aspects of post-truth politics. He argues that a convergent set of developments have created the conditions of post-truth society. Here's a list of these uh, developments. Uh, the political communication informed by cognitive science, which aims at managing perception and belief of segmented population through techniques like micro-targeting, which includes the strategic use of rumors and falsehoods, uh, two, the fragmentation of modern, more centralized mass news media gatekeepers, which have largely repeated one another's scoops and their reports. Three, the attention economy marked by information overload and acceleration, user-generated content and fewer society-wide common trusted authorities to distinguish between truth and lies. Uh, four, the algorithms which govern what appears in social media and search engine rankings based on what users want per algorithm and not on what is factual. 5. News media which have been marred by scandals of plagiarism, hoaxes, propaganda, and changing news values. Period. These developments have occurred on the background of economic crises, downsizing and favoring trends toward more traditional tabloid stories and styles of reporting, known as tabloidization and infotainment. While many of these phenomena, such as, more, such as a more tabloid-esque press, may suggest a return to the past, the effect of the convergences is a socio-political phenomena which exceeds earlier forms of journalism in deliberate distortion and struggle. Fact-checking and rumor-busting sites abound, but they are unable to reunite a fragmented set of audiences, attention-wise, and their respective trustful-slash-distrustfulness. Harson has called it a regime of post-truth instead of merely post-truth politics. Professional, pan-partisan political communication manipulates the communication competitively. Wow. Major news outlets. Several trends in the media landscape have been blamed for the perceived rise of post-truth politics. One contributing factor has been the proliferation of state-funded news agencies like CCTV News and RT, and Voice of America in the USA, which allow states to influence Western audiences. According to Peter Pomarantsev, a British-Russian journalist who worked for TNT in Moscow, 
One of their prime objectives has been to delegitimize Western institutions, including the structures of government, democracy, and human rights. As of 2016, trust in the mainstream media in the U.S. has reached historical lows. It has been suggested that under these conditions, fact-checking by news outlets struggles to gain traction among the wider public and that politicians resort to increasingly drastic messaging. Many news outlets desire to appear to be or have a policy of being impartial. Many writers have noticed that in some cases this leads to false balance, the practice of giving equal emphasis to unsupported or discredited claims without challenging their factual basis. The 24-hour news cycle also means that news channels repeatedly draw on the same public figures, which benefits PR-savvy politicians and means that presentation and personality can have a larger impact on the audience than facts. While the process of claim and counterclaim can provide grist for days of news, news coverage at the expense of deeper analysis of the case. Social media and the internet. Social media adds an additional dimension as user networks can become echo chambers, possibly emphasized by the filter bubble where one political viewpoint dominates and scrutiny of claims fails, allowing a parallel media ecosystem of websites, publishers, and news channels to develop which can repeat post-truth claims without rebuttal. In this environment, post-truth campaigns can ignore fact checks or dismiss them as being motivated by bias. The Guardian editor-in-chief, Catherine Veneer, laid some of the blame on the rise of clickbait, articles of dubious, factual content with a misleading headline and which are designed to be widely shared, saying that chasing down cheap clicks at the expense of accuracy and veracity undermines the value of journalism and truth. In 2016, David Mickelson, co-founder of the fact-checking and debunking site Snopes.com, described the introduction of social media and fake news sites as a turning point, saying, I'm not sure I'd call it a post-truth age, but there's been an opening of the sluice gate and everything is pouring through. The bilge keeps coming faster than you can pump, end quote. The digital culture allows anybody with a computer and access to the internet to post their opinions online and mark them as fact, which may become legitimized through echo chambers and other users validating one another. Content may be judged based on how many views a post gets, creating an atmosphere that appeals to emotion, audience biases, or headline appeal instead of researched fact. Content which gets more views is continually filtered around different internet circles, regardless of its legitimacy. Some also argue that the abundance of fact available at any time on the internet leads to an attitude focused on knowing basic claims to information instead of an underlying truth of formulating or formulating carefully thought out opinions. The internet allows people to choose where they get their information, allowing them to reinforce their own opinions. Polarized political culture. The rise of post-truth politics coincides with the polarized political beliefs. A Pew Research Center study of American adults found that, quote, those with the most consistent ideological views on the left and right have information streams that are distinct from those of individuals with more mixed political views and very distinct from one another, end quote. Data is becoming increasingly accessible as new technologies are introduced to the everyday lives of citizens. An obsession for data and statistics also filters into the political scene and political debates and speeches become filled with snippets of information that may be misconstrued, false, or not contain the whole picture. Sensationalized television news emphasizes grand statements and further publicizes politicians. 
This shaping from the media influences how the public views political issues and candidates. Dissenting views. In an editorial, New Scientist suggested, quote, a cynic might wonder if politicians are actually any more dishonest than they used to be, end quote. And hypothesize that, quote, fibs once whispered into select ears are now overheard by everyone, end quote. Similarly, Viner suggested that while social media has helped some untruths to spread, it has also restrained others. As an example, she said the Sun's false The Truth story following the Hillsborough disaster and the Associated Police cover-up would be hard to imagine in the social media age. The journalist George Gillette has suggested that the term post-truth mistakenly conflates empirical and ethical judgments, writing that the supposedly post-truth movement is in fact a rebellion against, quote, expert economic opinion becoming a surrogate for values-based political judgments. David Helfand argues that, quote, public prevarication, lying, is nothing new, and that it is the knowledge of the audience and the limits of plausibility within a technology-saturated environment that have changed. We are rather in an age of misinformation, where such limits of plausibility have vanished and where everyone feels equally qualified to make claims that are easily shared and propagated. Okay, some examples. Post-truth politics has been retroactively identified in the lead-up to the Iraq War, particularly after the Chilcot Report, published in July 2016, concluded that Tony Blair misrepresented military intelligence to support his view that Iraq's chemical weapons program was advanced. Other forms of scientific denialism in modern U.S. politics include the anti-vaxxer movement and the belief that existing GMO foods are harmful, despite a strong scientific consensus that no currently marketed GMO foods have any negative health effects. The health freedom movement in the U.S. resulted in the passage of the Bipartisan Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act of 1994, which allows the sale of dietary supplements without any any evidence that they are safe or effective for the purposes consumers expect, though the FDA has begun regulation of homeopathic products. Environmental politics. Although the consensus among scientists is that human activities contribute to global warming, several political parties around the world have made climate change denial a basis for their policies. These parties have been accused of using post-truth techniques to attack environmental measures meant to combat climate changes to benefit industry donors. During the course of the most recent 2016 election, the United States has seen numerous climate change deniers rise to power, such as the Environmental Protection Agency head, Scott Pruitt, replacing Barack Obama's appointee, Gina McCarthy. In Australia, the repeal of carbon pricing by the government of Tony Abbott was described as the nadir of post-truth politics by the age. Solutions. Both technology companies and governments have started to make efforts to tackle the challenge of post-truth politics. In an article for the journal Global Policy, Professor Nayef Al-Rodan suggested four particular responses. Number one, improve the technological tools for fact-checking. For example, Germany has already asked Facebook to introduce a fake news filtering tool. Number two, greater involvement and visibility for scientists and the scientific community. The UK, for instance, has a series of parliamentary committees at which scientists are called to testify and present their research to inform policymaking. 
Similarly, in Canada, the role of chief science advisor was re-established, and each department with even a small scientific capability was required to develop a policy for scientific integrity. Number three, stronger government action. In countries such as the Czech Republic, new units have been set up to tackle fake news. The most important challenge here is to ensure that such state-led efforts are not used as a tool for censorship. Yes! There will be no extension topics today, but if any listeners have a suggestion for a topic they'd like me to read, you can now email me at joereadswikipedia at gmail.com. All right, well, I hope you have a good day, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>